How's it going today, guys? Once again, I'm back here live in the studio with another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. This is your host, Thomas Penland, coming to y'all live from Kennesaw, Georgia. And what can I say, guys? It's a big day in sports. It's Tuesday, November 6th. Another uh, college sport tips off. It is college basketball. So I'm pretty hyped, guys. I mean, I'm excited, man. Like, I miss college basketball. Florida State's been absolute garbage this season at football. So, you know, I'm just just going out on a limb here and saying we're a basketball school now. And we're going to see it tonight as we... Wax Florida, keep this streak going. You know, we've been dominating Florida over the last couple of years. I expect nothing else to change here. Leonard Hamilton's got a good team, lots of returning players, but I'll get to college basketball later on the show. For I mean, I got to start with the biggest storyline of the week, guys, coming from the NFL and I know everyone wants to hear you talk about Rodgers and Brady. Trust me, I'll talk about Rodgers and Brady later. I got some pretty hot takes coming for you all about Rodgers and Brady. But where I'm going to start today's show is I'm going to talk about my Falcons and why we're a brotherhood. You know, we don't we say, oh, rise up in brotherhood. We don't just say rise up in brotherhood just as like, oh, it's a cool little hashtag in brotherhood. It gives you a little Falcons logo. No, that's not why. It's because we are a brotherhood and no play showed better than ever that we're a brotherhood than Julio Jones scoring that touchdown. Every single player on the team was down there congratulating him you know I was pissed off earlier in the game when he got tackled by Josh Norman I was freaking out I was like that's Bush League like you know Julio would have caught that ball on him I was pissed like I was like Norman I was so angry about that play because you know that would have been his touchdown he still doesn't have one I was like wow we're still not going to see a Julio touchdown but nope we threw it to him he got the run and score it felt so good though guys see that man in the end zone he's probably I mean I'm not trying to bias here he's probably my favorite player in the NFL I just love the way Julio goes to work every day I mean Dan Quinn said it best he does so much mentoring these other players. I mean, he knows he takes coverages away and gets takes defense away to help these other players out. He's the true team player, and there's nothing better than seeing him get in his teammates celebrating with him. So I just love it, guys. You know, the Falcons, we truly are a brotherhood. Dan Quinn said it all season long. He could have gone out. He could have traded for Earl Thomas. He could have gone out and got this, that, and the other player to help this team out. But no, he believed in his guys. And look at it now, guys. We're on three-game winning streak. This team's hot. We just got a huge win at Washington. I mean, we ran the ball all over him. They shut down all kinds of good running backs this season. Yet, look who went off on him. Tevin Colvin and Ito Smith. Ito Smith, it looks like an animal. I love this this tandem we have in our backfield. I love everything about this Falcons team. I mean, we got Matt Ryan playing an MVP level. And, you know, biggest thing, we finally got some defense this week, guys. We held them to 14 points. And realistically, we could have won this game 45-7. to Trufant let two interceptions go between his hands. I'm not even going to lie, though, guys. Trufant hasn't been the same player since tearing Achilles. He had the best tackling percentage in the NFL of tackles you're supposed to make the year before this. But ever since tearing up that Achilles, guys, he really just hasn't been the same player. So it felt good to see Trufant kind of, you know, be in the right position. But he's got to make those plays. He's been definitely subpar. I've not been a big fan. But, I mean, Isaiah Oliver stepped up. This entire defense just looks good, guys. These Dan Quinn keeps getting more comfortable and comfortable. And I I think the biggest key player that played well this game was DeMonte Casey and you saw him get the interception he's kind of the quarterback of the de- defense back there when we have Rico Allen back there telling the guys what do we play so much better but Casey we had everyone in the right position he was in the right position and made a huge interception that basically iced out this game you know this is the best game the Falcons have played all year and this is what you want to see we've gotten better and better every single week and finally after that embarrassing loss against the Steelers we've grouped together three <coughs> Pardon me right there, guys. We've grouped together, though, three fantastic victories, and I expect the Falcons just to keep bringing them in. Now, we get out the Browns next week. That'll be big time so we can stay focused. Then we get Dallas coming to Atlanta. I think that could be Jason Garrett's last game as the head coach, obviously at New Orleans on Thanksgiving. I mean, 
that's going to be a tough matchup. I can't say I think we're going to win that game. You know, it's, it's hard to say anybody can beat the Saints right now. I'll talk about them here next. But then we get the Ravens. We could possibly see Lamar Jackson. This team's falling apart. I was really high on the Ravens, but they have completely fallen apart. This team looks awful right now. Um, at the Packers, very winnable game. This Packers team, I'll get to them later, but they're not that great either. Versus the Cardinals, I mean, come on now, guys. Josh Rosen ain't coming in Atlanta and winning the game. At Carolina, that's going to be a tough game. This defense has been really good. Carolina's played really well at home. That's going to be another hard one that at Tampa Bay. So realistically looking at our schedule, if I'm going to be realistic, I see two games we lose left on the schedule. Falcons win out. Other than that, 10 and six gets us in the playoffs. I mean, what can I say, guys? Let's keep rolling. Keep having Matt Ryan play at this MVP level. Keep having this team play the way we have. Dan Quinn has absolutely rallied the troops. He's done much better coaching, and that's what you want to see. He's gotten better. The team's gotten better. We're a brotherhood, baby, and I'm enjoying watching us play. All right, guys, so moving on here from the Falcons, I'm going to stay in the division. I'm just going to brag on our division here for a second before I get into these teams, but Falcons clearly play in the hardest division in the NFL. I mean, the Buccaneers have given some teams some trouble. I mean, this team can score some points, guys. They are no joke just to be walked over. I mean, the Helm was won at Pittsburgh earlier in the season. Obviously, the L's keep piling up for him. They're 3-5. and five. Jameis kind of screwed them over. I mean, I doubt the Bucs will keep him around. They'll probably move on from him, but they're not bad. But team I got to brag on here is the New Orleans Saints. Drew Brees might finally win the league MVP at one of his last years in the league. I mean, Drew Brees has been so dominant, guys. He's one of the best all-time players we've ever seen. He's getting better as his career goes on. That's what you want to see out of a guy like him. This man has overcome everything. He is a true NFL underdog. I don't know if y'all saw me talking about it on Twitter, though. When you look at this man, when he comes out of college, if you look at his height and stature, you cannot tell me you thought he was going to be as good as he is. If you said he was going to be better than Michael Vick, Big Ben, all these guys, well, he's proved every single one of them wrong. He's even been the NFL Comeback Player of the Year. He's been the Walter Payton Man of the Year. This guy is a true figure in sports. I mean, Drew Brees is like he's like LeBron, guys. I'm the, I'm gonna I'm gonna draw two comparisons to LeBron in sports day. Drew Brees, you never hear these negative Drew Brees stories. It's just like LeBron. LeBron, they stay on top, man. They're true role models. This is the type of type of athlete. If I'm watching football with my son when I get older, I'm about to be like, yo, that's who you want to be like is Drew Brees and. This Saints team is a complete unit, guys. I do not want to go up against them at all here in a couple weeks. This team has been on fire. They had a horrible loss, horrible loss the first week to Tampa Bay. I mean, that was just downright embarrassing losing Tampa Bay, but they've gotten better every single week. They struggled to beat Atlanta. They struggled to beat the Browns. They finally blew out the Giants. They blew out the Redskins. They beat Baltimore on a missed extra point. You know, that mixed extra point, I feel like it's ruined Baltimore's entire season. It's been downhill from there. They beat the Vikings convincingly on a Sunday. Sunday night football game is a good game and then they go in to LA and get a big win now am I ready to say the Saints are better than the Rams absolutely not I like the Rams I mean I'm I have to take Drew Brees over Jared Goff you take Jared Goff over Drew Brees you're just you just clearly just hate Drew Brees for some reason because I mean this guy could win MVP I mean it really could this could be Drew Brees year he's been that good but a way I look at this game we saw the Saints get up big, then we saw them kind of blow it, then we saw them get back up, and kind of just like, it's kind of like the foot came off the gas, and boom, next thing you know, Michael Thomas, 80, what was it, 81-yard touchdown reception, the foot's right back on the gas. This offense is stacked, guys. You have top three quarterback in the NFL, possibly with the way he's playing this year, the best, the second best quarterback, nobody's been better than Patrick Mahomes, but possibly the second best quarterback in the NFL this season. I mean, Michael Thomas, he's an elite wide receiver, he's one of the best playmakers in the league on the edge. Then you have Alvin 
Alvin Kamara, who can just do it all, catching and running the ball. I mean, this guy Kamara, he's already got 111 attempts for 490 yards, and he's got 427 yards receiving. I mean, he's almost got 1,000 yards. Todd Gurley does have over 1,000 all-purpose yards, and he has way more touchdowns. Todd Gurley's been absolutely killing it this season. But I will say this, guys. The Saints' defense isn't quite as good as the Rams's, but this offensive unit, the Rams' offense is good, but this team is better. Now, have that game been in L.A.? I personally think the Rams would have won at home. I think the Rams kind of blew some opportunities, like going forward on that fourth down when they tried the fake punt and didn't get it. I mean, Jared Goff played well in this game. The Saints defense really is not that great, but at the same time, who can stop this offense? This offense is absolutely unstoppable, especially at home in the Superdome. Having home field advantage in the playoffs is going to be huge because the Rams can't get it. I'm I'm sorry, guys. I don't know who can go in the Superdome and win. If the Saints had home field advantage last year, I guarantee all they would have won the Super Bowl, but it was huge for the Eagles. Look how big it was. It's going to be huge again this year. That's why the Rams have to keep winning. Fortunately for the Rams, I I think their schedule gets easier at the Bears, at home versus the Chiefs, which is on Monday Night Football. That's going to be a hell of a game. And versus the Seahawks. I mean, the Seahawks coming to town, but I mean, those are really the only hard games left. Obviously, the Eagles, too, on Sunday Night Football, but I think the Rams' offense is so much better than the Eagles. The Eagles won't be able to keep up with them. So, I mean, the Rams, guys, they really need to win out on the schedule. Like, they cannot afford to drop anything else. The Saints might drop one or two games left. These schedules are tough. As of right now, on my NFL power rankings, I have the Chiefs at one. I still have the Rams at number two. I think this offense, when they're at full strength, and this defense, when it's at full strength, you guys got to remember, they don't have a keep to leave out there, and they just added... Um, Dante Fowler from the Jags. So I think the Rams are still going to get better. And I think they're still yet to play their best football, which is big. If anything, I think losing this game helps the Rams. When you're an undefeated team like this, sometimes you need to lose and it make you feel better. Now, I think that I have the Saints sitting at number three on my NFL power rankings right now. I think the Saints and the Rams are almost interchangeable. I give the Rams a slight edge just because I think they're yet to play their best football and they're going to get a little bit better. So it's going to be interesting, guys. These are two really, really good teams in the NFC, and I think they've shown that they're head and shoulders above everyone else now. There's other teams like Carolina, Atlanta. Um, I mean, who? I mean, I, the, the NFC East is just a complete crapshoot between the Redskins, Eagles, Cowboys, and Giants. I mean, the Giants are obviously way far out of it. Um, I think the Redskins will not make the playoffs. Alex Smith usually plays worse the second half of the season. I mean, we saw it this week, all those injuries on the offensive line. I mean, don't get me wrong, guys. The Redskins were depleted, but that was still a huge win for the Falcons. I mean, you got to show out and do it. Our defense is equally as injured as their offense was. So it's basically break even on both sides of the ball. I still think the Eagles win this division at nine and seven. I think Dallas losing last night kind of ended their season. Looking at the NFC North. Um, what I tell y'all, Bears over five and a half wins. We're at five wins. I mean, it's hard to say the Bears would not will not get another win this season. So we're about to cash that ticket and go ahead and take that one up there. Um, I personally, I mean, it's gonna be interesting. I think it's pretty much a, a race between the Rams, the Saints, and possibly the Panthers and Falcons. It's tough with right now with the Falcons injuries. We get Debo back in two weeks, I believe. So that'll change a lot of things. I don't really believe in Cam Newton. He's too inconsistent passing the ball. I need to see more consistency here. So as of right now. It's going to be a hell of a race, though, between the Saints and the Rams. We'll see if Carson Wentz can get back to where he was last year. That could really shake things up, and we'll see if the Falcons can get a little defensive action going. So we'll see what happens here, guys. The NFC is pretty stacked up. I mean, those are some really good games. The last thing I want to talk about in the NFC before I move over to the AFC is 
the Seahawks Chargers. I can kind of keep both teams in here. Yeah, my boy Russell Wilson threw a big interception in the fourth quarter, but Russell Wilson's resilient, guys. He took the team right back down the field and tried to put them in a situation where they could win the game. I mean, that first touchdown he threw to Van Etten in the back of the end zone, he straight threaded that needle. I mean, he put. did you see the mustard? He put a little mustard and a little ketchup on that hot dog when he slung it in there. So... I think the Seahawks guys are honestly going to make the playoffs. I really do. I don't think the Packers will. I hate that Morgan Burnett trade. I mean, they looked horrible. Such big turnovers and stuff. I'm going to talk about the Packers, though, in a little bit of a separate segment when I talk about Patriots and Packers and the differences between these teams. And I'll also give you all my reason why the Packers, I think, missed the playoffs once again. Um, But Russell Wilson, guys, to me, he's kind of like the Giannis Antetokounmpo of the NFL. I mean, you got to give Russell Wilson some pieces around him. This man's got nothing around him. He still tries to do everything he can. I feel like he was trying to do so much that sometimes when he makes a mistake, but I mean, he's still made up for it. He was getting the ball down the field. He's making plays everywhere. Now, Phillip Rivers is the most unsung He's, him and Russell Wilson, I mean, that was the battle of the unsung heroes. I mean, Phillip Rivers balled out in this game. Winning in Seattle is a difficult thing. This is a huge win to me by the Chargers. And this Chargers team, their only two losses this season are at the Rams and versus the Chiefs' first game of the season when we didn't even know Pat Mahomes was going to be that good. So... I think this, I mean, they're stacked on offense. I love this team. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, a guy who we saw go off on Alabama in the national championship. He's played well this year. I'm Tyrell Williams, speedster on the edge for you. Melvin Gordon, I mean, Melvin Gordon is huge. He's an all-purpose back. You can run the ball with him. He can catch it. He's big and beefy. He can run people over. So, I mean, this Chargers team's for real. My current power rankings for y'all at number, these are my teams that can win that can win it all. I'm just going to go ahead and say it all right here. My current power rankings right now, we're kind of deep enough that we know everything. We know who's going to do what. We know who's made of what and whatnot. At number one, I personally have the Kansas City Chiefs. Pat Mahomes proved why they're the best team. Nobody can stop this man. No one has been able to slow him down at all. Until I see anybody slow down Pat Mahomes, it's hard for me to take anybody above them. Yeah, you can say Andy Reid struggles in the playoffs, but he's never had a player this good. Pat Mahomes is the... he's he's he, I'm, I'm Sorry, I guess I'm going to have to compare three people in this show to LeBron in different ways. He is the LeBron James of the NFL. He is untouchable. He is on a league of his own. Pat Mahomes is that good. I mean, if you watch him, he's big. He's fast. He's bigger. He's faster than everybody. He's a stronger arm than everybody. He's just like LeBron. He's bigger than everybody. He's faster than everybody. He's stronger than everybody. LeBron, he's built like a power forward, yet he moves like a guard. Pat Mahomes is built like a linebacker or a defensive lineman or a tight end or wide receiver, and yet he's a QB. I mean, this guy, it's unreal. He's built like he he could start at small forward for you in the NBA or shooting guard. I mean, he's built, he's, he's a freak of nature, and I think until anybody proves they can slow down this Kansas City offense, I don't see it happening. And it's going to be huge, too, if they can get home field advantage to throw, flow through Arrowhead. I don't know if you guys know or not, but they've beaten Seattle's record multiple times for the loudest stadium in sports. So, all I'm saying, guys, you do not want to go into Arrowhead and face Pat Mahomes. This man is for real. At number two, I have the Rams. I already talked about the Rams. I think they're going to keep getting better. I have the Saints at three. Like I said earlier, they're interchangeable. It'll be interesting to see who ha- what happens. Whichever team is home and field advantage right here in the NFC will go to the Super Bowl. I'm 100% sure of it. Whoever has home field advantage will go to the Super Bowl, and it's the same thing between the, the Chiefs and Patriots. Whoever has home field advantage will win the Super Bowl now. I think Pat Mahomes has a better chance of winning on the road than Jared Goff would or Drew Brees would, but... 
it's going to be tough, guys. I mean, the Patriots are a complete team. Um, I'm going to y'all y'all just listen to this. If you're a big Patriots fan, y'all are going to hate me when I bag on the Patriots. I'm going to do it right after I finish with my power rankings here um, at number four or number five. I have the Chargers. Like I said earlier, this is a really complete offense. The defense is getting better. They need Joey Bosa in there. They still haven't had their best passer sure on the field. Wait till they get him on there. They're only getting better. They're e- these are easily the five best teams in the NFL. After that, it's kind of a bumble between a lot of these teams. I think the Steelers still I need to see one more convincing win they still look a little undisciplined to move them up more on this chart I have the Texans coming in at six they're on fire right now Deshaun Watson got this team playing their best football they got Demarius Thomas in there he was an impactful player in that huge win last week uh, I think the Texans are going to keep getting better. I mean, yeah, you could say they beat a bad Broncos team or an average Broncos team on a missed field goal at their place, but last time I checked, the Chiefs almost lost there too. It's pretty hard, guys, to go in mile high and win. That's a hostile environment. Y'all don't realize some of these some of these NFL teams have really good home field advantage. The Rams' home field advantage is okay, but like the Broncos, Chiefs, Patriots, like teams like that, man, Seahawks, like these home field advantages are unbelievable. So you cannot sleep on these teams at all. Number seven, I have the Panthers. I think Cam Newton's inconsistency at quarterback or pap passing the ball is what holds this team back number eight I have the Vikings I just got to see this defense get back to where they were the Vikings could be scary I just don't think Kirk Cousins is the guy to take you there at number nine I have the Steelers like I said I got to see more consistency the Steelers guys can fluctuate anywhere from number nine to number four or number five on this list I mean they're one of those teams they can swing all over in your power rankings I feel like you always got to have them there number 10 I have the Eagles for the same reason Doug Peters in this team you still can't write them off yet Falcons Seahawks all those teams knocking right on the door of being ranked in my power rankings. Um, unfortunately for the Seahawks, schedule gets tough, so it'll be interesting to see what happens here. But all right, guys, I've, I've put it off long enough on this episode. Let's get down to it here. The biggest game of the entire weekend, Sunday Night Football, Patriots-Packers. So this is a game, it was pretty even, very good back-and-forth game. And we saw the Packers' defense have some good stops right around on the um, goal line. They were able to stop them a couple times. And that, that goal line stop was huge there. Even Blake Martinez going out, one of their best defensive players, a guy I like a lot. I felt like that really, really hurt them. But guys, the Patriots are a system team. You can have this goat argument, oh, Brady's so much better than Rodgers head-to-head. I don't care what you say about them two head-to-head. Who cares? Football is a team game. It's all about who is the best coach. Last time I checked, Belichick is a great choke. The Packers have horrible general manager. They have a horrible coach. I'm Mike McCoy. McCarthy is a joke. He made some terrible calls in that game. I would run him out of town if I was a Packers fan. To me, Aaron Rodgers on the Packers is almost like LeBron James the first time he was in Cleveland. You are wasting the best player in this sport. He's being absolutely wasted, and I hate to see it for my man Aaron Rodgers. You have Ty Montgomery, who's told to kneel the ball, do not bring the ball out, yet he tries to come out there and make some spectacular play, fumbles the ball, and takes the ball to the best player in the NFL's hands who had been barely even stopped the entire game. I mean, I promise you guys, you put that ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands, Packers win that game 10 times out of 10 with the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hand. 10 times out of 10. I am that confident. 10 out of 10. It's the same thing this game. Aaron Jones gets the ball, runs it, fumbles. After that, all the momentum shifts. Packers defense, Blake Martinez is out. They get torched. The game's over. I mean, I thought the Packers played a great game, guys. Everybody's dogging on Aaron Rodgers, this, that, and the other. I mean, look at Cordell Patterson. He was worthless. I'm talking worthless. The only thing he was useful for was returning the ball. You are not. You don't draft someone first round. T- I think he was like the 11th overall pick or something like that. I'll look it up for y'all here in a minute because I want to be exact. But you do not draft a guy like Cordell Patterson with your top 10 pick or first round high draft pick. For, okay, first round 29th overall pick. Still, though, you don't draft 
somebody in the first round that only returns kicks for you and that you don't even resign. That's exactly what Cordell Patterson was for the Vikings. He was there for three years and he went to the Raiders for one year and now he's on the Patriots because they traded him. Cordell Patterson was worthless besides returning kicks. Look at him now. He goes to the Patriots. He scored touchdowns. Oh, this Patterson kid, he's fast. He's talented. He's a good football player. I didn't hear any of that when he played for the Vikings. I heard, oh, he sucks. He's a bust. Like, I'm like, come on now, guys. How many more players are going to go to the Patriots and be good and suck on other teams that we're going to say, oh, he's good now. It's a system team. Brady came out earlier in the week. He said it. He said if Aaron Rodgers with Bill Belichick, they would already have seven rings. Seven rings. Tom Brady said that he's a system player. I mean, how can we be this stupid to overlook it, guys? Like, Tom Brady, don't get me wrong. He's talented. He probably would be a top 10 quarterback in the league to top five, no matter what. He's a winner. He's he's all about it. We all know the Brady way or whatever they call it. I, I can't even remember what it is the TB12 way or whatever he calls it. But all I'm saying here, guys, is Aaron Rodgers' talent is being wasted on this horrible team. They never get him anything. They try to every now and then. He did get one Super Bowl just because he's that good, but Aaron Rodgers' talent and skills are being wasted. Now, that being said, obviously the Patriots are a better team than the Packers, much better team than the Packers. The Packers will not, I mean, they might make the playoffs as a wild card team. They could win the division just because Chicago is Mitch Trubisky. At the end of the day, it's Mitch Trubisky, and I can't air, rule Aaron Rodgers out, but guys, it's not looking good for the Packers. Losing Morgan, or trading a Ha ha Clinton Dix and just the way the rest of this team is going. I really do not like this Packers team and I I think they're definitely like a they're a big time bubble playoff team. I'll put the Falcons are a bubble playoff team. They're a bubble playoff team. Like I'll here, I'll give y'all right now my bubble playoff teams if we go look at NFL. So right now looking at all these teams in the NFL, my surefire teams in the NFC making the playoffs. The Eagles will win that division, guys. They will win this division. They're a better coach, they got better players. They've had their bye week now. They're kind of rested. Like the Eagles, they will get the job done. They will get it done. The Rams, right? I mean, and they added Golden Tate. All right, the Rams and the Saints easily making the playoffs. I think that's your NFC championship game right there. I'd be shocked if it happened any other way. I did say I thought the Rams would go to the playoffs and Jared Goff would screw up and they would lose that first game, but I don't know about that anymore. The Rams look amazing, but I did say they would go 15-1. and one, So, I mean, come on now, guys. Prediction's looking pretty good, but... The, the the Panthers will make it as a wild card, so that'll take away another wild card spot. Then after that, your bubble teams here are the are the Bears, Vikings, and Packers, Falcons, and Seahawks. They're basically fighting. So those NFC North teams, those three teams are fighting for one spot in the NFC North. Then on the other, then on the flip side, you have whichever team doesn't make it out of those teams, along with the Falcons and Seahawks fighting for a playoff spot. So it's going to be difficult here, guys. Say who's getting in, who's out. Snap, so keep watching week to week. Injuries will play a huge part at this point. Panthers have got some tough games. They're Thursday night at Pittsburgh this week. Um, it's it's going to be interesting, guys. I'm I'm excited to watch how everything plays out. We finally know how teams are, so it's going to be weird to see which one of these bubble teams phase out and which one of them keep going. But I'm trying to keep today's podcast short for y'all. I've kind of I'll move on here from NFL. Talk about a little college football. So obviously. We had the biggest weekend we've had all year in college football. We had some great games, guys. I believe the playoff comes out tonight, if I'm not mistaken. I, I know they haven't come out with the official, with the new playoff rankings. I'm pretty sure, though, it does come out tonight, which I'm excited to see. I mean, I always love looking to see what they got each week. So looking right now at the way everything is set up, my final four, I have Alabama, who's head and shoulders above everyone. They proved that they are that much better than LSU. I told you guys. I hope y'all did like I told y'all. My max play in the Hot 100, which, by the way, this is your Hot 100 winner. I smoked Cohen in it. He was negative 80. I was positive 44. So 
not too good for Cohen, but I will say this for him. Every single one of his parlays, they missed, like, if it was an over-under by, like, a half point or a point, or, like, if it was a point spread by a point or so. Like, I felt bad for this man. I legitimately did, but... Alabama went to LSU and they dominated. They are head and shoulders above everyone because they have a defense that is top five in college football and they have the number one offense. When you pair those two things together, it is tough. Clemson is the one team that can play with them. Trevor Lawrence can throw the ball deep. Clemson can run the ball. They are very balanced. They have obviously the best defensive line in college football. Clemson is a very good team, guys. But can they beat Alabama? Hell no. No one can touch this team. Tua Tagovailoa is head and shoulders above everyone. Yeah, he threw his first interception. It's a hostile environment on the road. Alabama made LSU you look like child's play. I mean, they were under control of this game from start to finish. Now, I have Alabama, Clemson. I still have to put Notre Dame in there at three until Notre Dame really loses or looks bad. I mean, actually, until Notre Dame loses, they're in my final four no matter what. At number four, I have Michigan, and that is only because that I feel like that they can still win their conference and get in. If jo- I cannot put Georgia in here until that Georgia is able to to uh, beat Alabama. Until Georgia beats Alabama, they're out of my final four no matter what. I actually have Oklahoma ahead of them. I have Georgia coming in at number six. But let's talk about Georgia, guys. This was a high-quality win. This Kentucky team, they've been shutting down opponents in the second half. I mean, pretty much every – like, if you look at this Kentucky defense, Georgia have put 34 points upon them. They haven't given up more than 20 all season. They've been shutting teams down, like shutting them down in the second half. Georgia put up points in the second half. This was a game I sat there and watched, and I was just like, geez, if Kentucky had a little bit better offense, they could challenge them. But Georgia was able to move the ball. They ran the ball all over them. Kentucky had been really good against the run. So I got to give my hats off to you here, Georgia. You played a hell of a game. You ran the ball. You did what you had to do. I saw a crazy stat during the game. DeAndre Swift... Every single game he scored a touchdown, Georgia's 15-0. So when he scored that touchdown, we pretty much knew it was over from there. Georgia, I'll give it to you guys. You guys came out and you proved everyone that you're that team and you t- you shut out, you shut up all the talk. Georgia, this was a huge win for y'all. Now, don't sleep this week and let Auburn play with y'all this week. Come in, blow out Auburn again this week, make another statement. Then you have UMass and Georgia Tech. You can blow both of them out, make a couple huge statements, and get rolling here into this game. I'll do. I think they can beat Alabama. Hell no, guys. Nobody's beating. Alabama, but I'm going to be honest with you guys. Georgia is a top four team in the nation. The only problem is they had that unfortunate loss at LSU. Dropping that loss is what will keep this team out from being a one-loss team in the Final Four. If everybody that was two losses for a last spot, I'm taking Georgia over any conference winner. I really would. Georgia is that much better. I mean, don't get me wrong. This offense won't jump off the page at you. I think Jake Fromm is a little overrated. Every Georgia fan seems to think he's, oh, you should be in the Heisman talk. I mean, come on, guys. Be smarter than that. I know y'all are these cocky Georgia fans that always overrate your team, but it used to be a little bit smarter than that, but Jake Fromm's a decent player now. Georgia has a decent roster. I mean, I don't think it's crazy to say they can't get in here. Y'all just better hopes either you can beat Alabama or everybody has two losses. Unfortunately, I don't see it happening though, George. I'm sorry, guys. My number seven team in the nation, I'm going to go with West Virginia. And then at number eight, I've got Washington State. And number nine, I have UCF. If you think Ohio State's better than UCF, go take a hike. Who is, like, who on Ohio State's schedule? I mean, they barely beat Penn State. Penn State is, Penn State got shut out. They got embarrassed by Michigan. I mean, Penn State is not that good. They barely even won that game. Ohio State is an absolute embarrassment, in my opinion. This team is all these five stars. You beat Nebraska. Nebraska by five points. You lose at Purdue. They're so unimpressive. It's absurd this year. It is absurd how unimpressive Ohio State has been. If you honestly put them above UCF, you're crazy. You're smoking crack, in my opinion. So that's my two cents right now on what's going on in college football. I'm going to keep it a little short and sweet there once again. I mean, yeah, we had a change in the Final Four, but realistically, 
there's still going to be more changes, unfortunately. I don't know if Michigan's going to be able to beat Ohio State right now, though. I would say they probably will. I think they can shut them down. I mean, the craziest part about it is as bad as Ohio State's played. Like, if you look at their schedule, who's really going to beat them that's left on their schedule? Nobody. Like, it's at Michigan's really the only – or versus – they got Michigan at home, so, I mean, that bodes well for them. They have to play at Maryland, at Michigan State. Who knows what will happen there? So, it's going to be interesting for, for sure, guys, on this one to see what all happens. But last thing I want to talk about here before I let y'all go, and that is – college basketball coming back I am I would love to sit here and talk about NBA actually you know what I'm gonna do a little NBA minute here at the end for y'all but I'm gonna talk real real briefly here about college basketball and y'all want to know something crazy y'all know how much I love the NBA it's my favorite sport but the players that I am most excited to watch in basketball play on this this Duke team and you know why R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson are absolute beasts. I've known who Zion Williamson is probably for the last, what, four years, I believe? Yeah, probably like three, four years. I mean, we've all known who this kid is. He's like LeBron. He's that prodigy. You see him dunking on Instagram. You see him dunking on every social media platform and doing crazy windmills and stuff. I really want to see what this kid's got. And I mean, we're going to see it tonight. I can't wait to watch 930 primetime versus Kentucky, number two team in the nation. I'm taking Kentucky minus two. That is one of my locks. For today, I'll be tweeting them out later. Um, so I'm I'm on I'm on Kentucky tonight just because I think Duke's team won't be ready to mesh yet. But I mean, you got Cam Reddish, R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson. R.J. Barrett is the guy I want the Hawks to get. I think he should be the number one pick in this upcoming draft. This kid, R.J. Barrett, dropped I believe it was over forty on Team USA. He's Canadian and the under. It's like the U19 um, all or World Basketball tur- Tournament or whatever. Y'all know what I'm talking about, though. In that basketball tournament, this kid on the USA team, this is probably the best kids. This is the best kids in the nation. He absolutely went off on them. They could not stop him. So I really want to see how good this RJ, I mean, this RJ Parrott could be. He could be that guy. So it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be interesting to see what happens here with this Duke team. I can't wait to watch them, though. I'm so excited. I'm going to be watching them night in and night out. Um... I'm really also excited to watch Nasir Little for North Carolina and this Jordan Brand Classic in the McDonald's All-American game. He got the um, best player, like the MVP of these games awards over these other guys. Nasir Little's kind of like a 3-4 kind of guy. So I'm really interested to watch and see what this kid's made of, see if he can kind of be one of those top NBA draft picks. And the last player I'm really, really, really excited to watch is Bull Bull for Oregon. That's the son of Manute Bull. I mean, this kid, I've been hearing, I've heard about Bull Bull for forever. I mean, he's been posting pictures with him and Quavo and stuff on Instagram. So he's got a lot. There's a lot around Bull Bull right now. So, I mean, it's going to be fun to watch. And this Oregon team's low-key stacked. They got a couple other top recruits. They got players coming back that are good. I mean, people forget if Oregon doesn't lose their center two years ago, that team that had Dylan Brooks, Jordan Bell, and Tyler Dorsey could have easily... I mean, they lost North Carolina by two points, missing their their center that averaged 16 points per game, their starting center. So, I mean, this team, guys, could really, really, really go deep. Um, one last team I kind of want to talk about here is the Nevada Wolfpack, number 17 in the nation. You're like, oh, it's Nevada, mid-major. Don't sleep on them, guys. They got the Martin t- twins, Caleb and Cody Martin. These two guys are beasts. They could easily go in the first round of the NBA draft. They also have Jordan Caroline coming back, one of their best players, a forward who's a senior. So Nevada has a really stacked up team, guys. They can win a lot of games this year. This team's going to be good. I can't wait to watch them play either, but college basketball is going to be fun. We'll figure more out about out or uh, we'll figure out more a little brain fart there for a second but we'll figure out more about these teams as time goes on I can't really can't wait to see who's legit who's not college basketball I mean it's always a crapshoot it's just like college football I mean you can you can talk about it you can look into it before the season starts but realistically there's gonna be lots of upsets lots of crazy stuff's gonna happen none of it really matters what you look at before the season starts it's always gonna be wrong so 
I'm excited, guys. I can't wait to watch some college basketball tonight. Last thing I want to talk about, we'll hammer it out here a little quick NBA minute. Um, team, I'm going to brag on here in my NBA minute. I'm only going to talk about, fine, I'll talk about two teams here real quick. First team I'm going to talk about is Milwaukee Bucks. Obviously, they're two games back from the Raptors right now. Um, I'm going to talk about them because Giannis has been absolutely balling out of his mind. And on top of the fact that he's been balling out of his mind, Coach Bud has got this team winning games, guys. I know I've said they need to dump Bledsoe, and I still don't think this team is a, is as big of a threat to win a title as they are until they get rid of Eric Bledsoe. But they need that extra shooter in there, to be honest. But I will say this. This team has been damn good this year, guys. They play a lot of good defense. I mean, they scored 100 and, what was it, 144 points the other night on the Kings. That's absolutely absurd. So I'm loving the way this new NBA is going. I'm loving the way this Bucks team playing. They look like a good team. They play good defense. They play well together. Yeah, they've given up almost 100 points or over 100 points in every game of the season. But they're not giving up these absurd, like, 120s and stuff. Like, they haven't given up.